What's shaking, Red Nation? It is Jeremy Brennan here, 5 p.m. on Friday, August 6th. And man, it has been quite the week for us, Red Nation. Wouldn't you say there's been a whole lot going on with free agency, with summer league, with rookies, with so much going on in our plate. We need to dive into it all now on this episode of the Dream Taker reporting live here on Spotify, on Spotify Greenroom as we usually do. It's just me today, Jeremy Brenner. Uh, Mike has the day off. Work has been crazy for both of us this week, but I'm glad that I'm able to talk to Red Nation to close out the week. That being said, if anyone would like to come up and talk to me about anything that's happened over the last week, feel free to hit that speaker request button and we can get this conversation rolling. We got a lot to talk about with David Nawaba signing his contract just minutes after we went off the air uh, after our last episode of the Dream Take on Monday. Go check that out in wherever you listen to podcasts. And then we have all of the rookies coming together to prepare for Vegas Summer League, which kicks off on Sunday. Yes, we are just a few days away from seeing Jalen Green playing basketball in a Rockets uniform amongst several exciting rookies. Super excited about Summer League. We're definitely going to be treating it as like our own season in itself. Uh, so we'll be re- we'll be hopefully giving uh, game recaps for each game after the Summer League. Really excited about all of that. And yeah, so if you guys want to come up, feel free to hit that speaker request button. We can talk about anything you guys are going for as I send out the Twitter, the Twitter stuff, the tweets to our listeners over at the Dream Take and at Dream Shake SBN. Be sure to follow us on Twitter so that you don't miss a single minute of the action. So don't have any speaker requests yet. That's okay. But let's talk about David Nawaba just because that is chronological order for us. It happened just minutes after we went off the air after our last episode. And this didn't really come as a surprise, I'd say. At least for me, it did. I would say that I was a bit surprised that the team did bring back Nawaba, more so because, not because the Rockets didn't want him, but I, I thought that Nawaba would get offers elsewhere and maybe that he would want to go and be part of another another team, another team that's probably a little bit closer to winning. But to get him on essentially a two-year, $10 million contract, the third year being a team option year. So that is the same year that John Wall comes off the books. It's the same year that the Rockets will have a max slot come into free agency. That's kind of been the timeline for this team is 2023. When, where will this team be two years from now? And the team will likely begin their official, I guess what you could call it is, I guess, championship window or contending window again. So we're looking at a two-year timeline here. And Nawab is a good guy to have to be in that timeline. Whether or not he makes it to the contender time in Houston is something that we have yet to see and yet to figure out. But hopefully the Rockets can utilize him. I think he's definitely a valuable piece. And he's an easy contract that you can move at either trade deadline or even next offseason. I really like the fact that they brought Nwaba back defensively. He's really stout. I'm hoping that he gets minutes. It's going to be really difficult to get minutes on this team. We can also talk about kind of the updated, uh, we can talk about the updated rotation, what that's going to look like during this episode. I'm really curious to see how that is going 
to work out. So sending this tweet now, and then I can hopefully move on forward with the conversation. And it looks like we do have a speaker request here from my guy, DJ Stevo. So I'm going to bring him up on stage here. Stevo, welcome to the Dream Take, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing pretty well today. Excellent. Anything you want to talk about, Stevo? The floor is yours. Uh, I'm really just super excited with what the Rockets are doing because I've looked at um, draft night was really, really special because I feel like the Rockets have made stout improvements when you look at where they were a few years, like this past season. I look at Jalen Green being a, one of the best offensive scorers in the game, who not well, for, for the rookies. Um, he could be one of the best offensive scorers in this class. And then with them moving up to tra- to, to to draft Alperen Sengun. Is that how you say his name? Alperen Sengun? Or is it... Uh, I believe the correct pronunciation, this is not necessarily a, a fully correct, it's Sengun. Shen- like okay. there's, okay. there's an absent H in there, and then the U, it has an umlaut on it as well, so that that triggers an oo sound, so it's Shengun. Shen, okay. Like, think you. like Crab Rangoon, but Shengun. Gotcha, Shengun, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Shangun was he was a he was obviously going to be a lottery pick. He didn't really fall into the lottery, but you look at a guy who's 18, who's already an MVP award winner in the Turkish league. And I know a lot of people don't really um, rate certain leagues outside of the U.S., the NBA, and you have the Euro League, the Spanish league. Well, being 18 years old and being an MVP is something that people have to talk about. I look at Usman Garuba, who is I'm rooting for him too because he's not half Nigerian. I'm Nigerian as well. He is one of the best defenders in uh, in the Spanish is the Spanish league or the Euro league. I want to make sure I'm saying the right thing. In the in the Euro league, Euro league, I believe. Euro yeah, league. I believe. And he, well, yeah, he plays for Real Madrid. I think Madrid. if I'm not mistaken, the Euro league is like all over, it's all over Europe, clearly. Um, but then I I would assume that's that's what it is. I'm gonna have to do more research on that. But yeah, you do bring up a good point. They they have valued uh, players that come from Europe. You also look at Daniel Tice, someone that yeah. started out in Europe as well. I And if you look at the guys that they brought in, I mean, three of the four picks did not play college ball. They've played professionally before. Josh Christopher being the lone one of the four to not play in the G League or in a professional league. So I do think that is going to help this rebuild, especially because you bring in those guys that have, I guess, similar backgrounds that have played on high levels of conversation. And I do think that that will be a benefit moving forward definitely and i just think that this is only the beginning because we still have so much more draft capital coming on in the years to come and i think what they've done so far is it, it feels different it feels like the the players that they drafted they have a lot of chemistry within each other like kevin porter jr kenya martin jr texting i believe they texted uh josh christopher right before he was drafted mm-hmm. yep. that he was going to come to houston josh christopher has played with um jalen green they all have chemistry within this unit. And I think that beforehand, a lot of Rockets fans, because, you know, I, I have a YouTube channel where I talk about different basketball co- to- uh, topics. And a lot of fans were saying, like, they're really, really eager to go ahead and push out the vets, such as Eric Gordon, John Wall, you know, a lot of the guys who have been on the team for so long. And I really feel like, like you said, John Wall, really, when his contract expires, is when we, the Rockets will have an t- opportunity to go ahead and get a, uh, a max slot. And I think that John Wall, his ability, like, 
as, as we all understand that John Wall hasn't been the same player over the past few years, but I think that his leadership role on this team can be something that's very, very important for these guys. I think that these guys are so young. They're going to be one of the fun teams to watch in the league offensively. And it's, it's really just exciting to see what, what the Rockets are going to do moving forward, to be honest. Yeah, so to clarify what we were talking about earlier with Garuba and playing for Real Madrid, so it's similar, I guess, to, to soccer or to football, if, if you're listening to this. So basically, uh, you know, Real Madrid plays in La Liga for, for soccer. They play in the ACB for basketball. So a, the ACB is essentially uh, the Spanish or the La Liga of basketball. And then you have EuroLeague, which I guess is similar to the Champions League, where where clubs from all over the all over the continent compete together on one stage. So I guess that that might be more of what happens in in Europe. So gotcha. just just a little bit of clarity on that of the of the little bit of research that I've done here uh, on my laptop. But you know, yeah. So something that we've mentioned um, around Rockets Twitter, and uh, we talked about it during our draft night, um, our draft night party here on on Green Room, is that. I think we're incorporating something called the buddy system where everyone has like their buddy. So for Jalen green, that's Josh Christopher, Usman Garuba and Alperin Shangun are friends. They are friends through, you know, playing against each other in Europe. So, and, and they're both part of, you know, high profile clubs, uh, Alperin Shangun with Besiktas and, uh, and then you have obviously Garuba with Real Madrid. So those two guys, I think know each other. And I think that's definitely going to benefit, uh, especially it's going to be a benefit for both those guys, but I think especially for Shangun because he's coming in and he doesn't speak a lick of English, which is going to be a challenge. I mean, we've seen it with Yao Ming about, you know, the learning curve it takes, not just to play on uh, the basketball court and transferring from FIBA to the NBA, but just transferring in life and how to navigate life in yeah. a foreign country that you've never you know, that you're not familiar with. And, and that is a challenge in itself as well. And it definitely uh, should affect how he performs on the court. So I think like we saw with Yao, like it took him a little while to get, you know, kind of situated because he was trying to, you know, learn English on the basketball court and in, you know, off the basketball court as well. So I think having Garuba and Shangun is definitely going to be a plus for him. The chemistry on this team is going to be off the charts. I really do think you're going to see a group of guys every night that might not necessarily be the better team on the court, but they're definitely going to be the tightest team on the court. I really do think you have a tight-knit group of people, and they're going to grow together. And when you have a group of guys that kind of go through the struggle together, I do think that you end up with a better product on the court. I'm really excited about that, too. Definitely. I'm going to say one last thing, too, because I feel For like sure. this is like I, I, if you're a Houston, like I said before, if you're a Houston Rockets fan, this is very, very exciting because when you you lost, we lost James Harden. And that's a from any team. When you lose a high caliber player of that level, it takes years to even come back to any type of relevancy. And the Rockets seem to have found a way to still become relevant and have a good young core of people. And we haven't talked about Kevin Porter Jr., who I think could be who could make a step, another big step this year. But I will say that I really, really hope that the Rockets front office, and you probably have more insight on this, I don't want them to rush the process. And I understand that a lot of times, a lot of teams are very, very eager to not more so trade their trade the young guys or just try to push, put all their chips into win now. I feel like I, when I when I look at this team, I view them as like the 2011-2012 Golden State Warriors. I'm not saying this team is going to win a championship 
as soon as possible. But I think that those guys back then, they were able to build that chemistry with each other, that they knew each other from the back of their heads. They knew what the next player was going to do, cutting to the basket, getting to their spots. I think that the Rockets just focus on building this team, letting these guys grow. And as time goes along, it will it'll turn into something very, very magical is what I, is what I personally think. Because I've seen, I've seen rebuilds where you rush your rebuild and you more so didn't reach the expectations that you wanted to reach. What do you think about that? Well, I think relevancy is a word that I would tread with caution in using because the Rockets haven't done anything yet. You know, it, there's a lot of promise. There's a lot of, there's a lot of hope. And that's what, you know, Rafael Stone has done for us. And I do agree with you. There's a lot of optimism with this team, which uh, you couldn't necessarily say a year ago. You know, this time a year ago, I think we were, I, we were like in the bubble and we were probably like planning our exit. We we're like, okay, well, we could, if we don't get embarrassed by the Thunder, you know, we're probably going to, you know, lose to the Lakers. And, you know, we were kind of just, you know, a sitting duck at that point. Whereas now it's, it's a different team. Like, don't get me wrong. I'd love to be in the playoffs. I would love to be back in the playoffs and I'd love to have a team that, that contends and contributes, but this is just another way to watch basketball. And it's definitely very exciting because there is a lot of optimism that surrounds this team. Definitely. I think a lot more optimism than we had last season when the team was clearly not going in the right direction. I feel like the the worst is behind us. I really do think that. And Jalen Green is just the beginning of that. So I do – I'm very hopeful. That this is, look, uh, Kevin Porter, someone that you just mentioned, uh, according to Vegas Insider, uh, posted odds yesterday. He's the fourth likeliest player to win uh, most improved player of the year. He has plus 900 odds. Can you guess maybe one of the three people that are ahead of him on that? Um, most improved. Uh, we'll play a little game here. Let's see. Most improved from last year. Who was one of them is a former all-star. So like, this is the, these three, I don't necessarily agree with, but this is who is ahead of them. I want to, well, is it one? Can I get a hint? Was, is, is it one, one was an all-star? One was an all-star this year. There's oh, wow. most improved from this year. I'm drawing blanks. I'm drawing complete blanks. It, it, I don't think you're. It's Zion. Zion. Yeah, Zion. Uh, Zion is tied for number one with SGA, and then Michael Porter Jr. has plus seven fifty odds. So I mean, if you wow. take those, th- I think Michael Porter is probably right up there with Kevin Porter. So I would say I, I really do think if Kevin Porter gets the minutes this year, it's really going to. Yeah. It, it, it just, have a it good just depends on the rotations too, because yeah, there's so and many Christian guys. Wood. Christian Wood is seven. Christian Wood is seventh on the list. Oh, yeah. He is he is fourteen to one odds. So uh, look, the, the team this team is certainly on the rise. We're definitely in for a really fun season. But Steve, any last words before I send you back down to the gulag? Uh, no, no, for sure. You know, if you like, I, I enjoy talking basketball content. So you know, just check me out and everything. But absolutely. Sure. Well, thank thank you so much, Steve-O, and uh, hope to hear from you again soon. No problem. All right. So that was DJ Steve-O joining me up here on stage. I do want to talk about Daniel House next because that was also something that kind of came up this week. Uh, James mentioned something in the chat, so I'm going to invite James to come up if he would like to. Hopefully he accepts because I would love to continue this conversation. And here he is. James, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? Hey, what's up, man? Good. How are you doing, man? I'm glad you accepted my speed request. So you talked about uh, Daniel House and and your your perception of him over the past year and how it's kind of been stagnant. So I want you to, if you if you don't mind, to kind of uh, 
go into a little bit more detail with that? Well, uh, first off, you know, I really do like, I think his value for his contract speaks really well. And I think it's, it's something we can move. And to me as a Rockets fan, primarily, I just can't get over what happened, you know, over the bubble and what happened and that whole team. And I just feel like he, he's, it's time for him to be moved now. I mean, and what are your thoughts on that? I look for those that have been following us for a year now and remember, I remember ranting about it when it was going on in the middle of a playoff series, mind you, I still have not kind of, it's been a scarlet letter for him. I'll say that it's definitely difficult to forget about it. And now this whole situation, and the reason why I bring him up is because this whole situation about uh, the number four, and how Jalen Green is, you know, wanted number four, and how he doesn't get number four because it's Daniel House's number. And yeah. then Daniel House posted something on Instagram insinuating that he was never going to give up four. He was always going to be number four. And that left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Daniel House has every right to wear the number four. Like, it is his number. He did choose it. He obviously has some kind of sentimental value with the number four. So my thing is this, it's in a year from now, Daniel House is probably not going to be on this roster. Let's, let's get that right. And, and to be honest, it could be any day now that Daniel House gets traded. I do think that he will be on the team to begin the season. I do think that he's more likely to be traded to the trade deadline or maybe bought out similar to how Ben McLemore was bought out. And I think that's kind of the role that Daniel House has on this team now, you know, he is 28 years old, so he's still relatively young, but compared to the people you just brought in and 20-year-old K.J. Martin and Jay Sean Tate, I'd rather invest in all of those guys compared to Daniel House, especially when that contract, it, it expires at the end of this upcoming season. So he is, an, he is an expiring contract, which does make him really reliable to move, and the Rockets still have their MLE available they have not used the MLE to sign anybody. The only issue is that the Rockets don't have any more roster spots. So you can use the MLE, but you can't use the MLE if you don't have any open roster spot. And when you think, okay, well, how can the team open up a roster spot? You think of trading Daniel House because he is the easiest contract to move. He is a player that isn't really uh, in, there isn't a whole lot of investment going towards him moving forward. You know, Armani Brooks, who will play in Summer League, he's not on the roster right now, guys. I don't, like, I hope people understand that. Like, he has the qualifying offer, but he, if he wants to stay on the team, like, someone's got to go. You only have 15 guys in the roster, and you're two two-way guys. Right now, only one player has a two-way contract, and that is Matthew Hurt out of Duke. We'll talk about him a little bit more later as well. But I think the Rockets are kind of using Summer League as a as a way to like an audition almost (laughs) who should get that second two-way spot. It might be someone on the Rockets roster. It might be someone on a different roster or is Armani Brooks worth, you know, putting on the active roster. Is it worth trying to find a trade for Daniel house? You know, I think there was some rumors going around. I don't, I can't speak on any of this. It's just things that I've seen, not necessarily heard, but I have seen ideas that maybe the bulls, will take Daniel House in a sign-in trade for Daniel Tice. I think that would be beneficial if that's the case. And obviously, all of the moves that have been made this week can't be made official until, well, today. Today is the first day of the new league year. So that's when you're going to start to see all the 
free agency news on actual team on actual team accounts and you'll start to see the press conferences for those teams but to me about Daniel House to answer your original question James uh he's just he he his house is, needs to go on the market I agree I think he needs to know his place you know I mean I don't remember when he was drafted, but it was a lot later. You know, Jalen Green, this is his time to start fresh. He's got to have his number, and that's all i got to say. And for everybody in Houston Twitter, uh, Rockets Twitter, talking about, oh, we got to tank again this season, I think we should just sit back, watch the season, see what we got. I mean, I don't want to count on uh, on tanking again, you know? I- I'm totally with you. I think, and, and to be honest, I wouldn't even – consider what the Rockets did last season to be a tank. I know that might sound controversial and it might be like, well, Jeremy, what, like, what the hell are you talking about? But I'll explain, I guess I would consider what happened last season as a rebuild. Obviously the Rockets were kind of put in a position, but to me, tanking is when you actively try to lose games. And when you look at the team that was out on the court last season, I don't really see that. And, and maybe that's just, that's just me. But I I saw a team that, that tries to win every night, and that just got extremely unlucky. And while they may not have been the most talented team on the court every night, but, like, I mean, explain this to me. If they're trying to tank and they're trying to lose every game, explain to me why Kevin Porter Jr. is dropping 50 on the eventual NBA champions. Like, I agree. That's me, I agree. Like, they, and they could have airmailed that game. And I, I know Giannis was, you know, taken out of that game early because he got injured right at the start of that game. But to me, like, that's what tanking is, is even with Giannis out, you you keep the foot off the gas. Or when you're trailing by double digits in the second half, you, you, you let it go. And the Rockets could have done that that night, and they chose not to. So if you tank, that's what teams like Minnesota, Sacramento, Charlotte, Detroit end up doing. And that's why they have not been in the playoffs for as long as they have been out of the playoffs, because they have a losing culture. The Rockets, meanwhile, we have a culture of winning. Take this last season out of the equation, but, you know, every team, you need to go down before you can go up. And I do Mm -hmm. believe that this past season is the worst that we'll see. I really don't expect it to get much worse than that. Do you think, James, they could get much worse than it was last season? I mean, last season was pretty bad. I mean, injury-wise, there's no way. There's no chance injuries-wise we get slapped around like that. I mean, first Eric Gordon, then Christian Wood, then you're battling with Wall and Oladipo just trying to fight for games, and it's just, yeah, there's no way that happens again. I I totally agree. Um, But it's just a matter of – it's honestly – I think injuries are going to be very different for the whole league this year because – it's an 82-game season. Hopefully the games are a little bit more spread out. Uh, you know, the offseason is is relatively the same for everyone. I do think that teams like the Suns and the Bucks are going to really struggle because they have they played up until, you know, the middle of July. And in less than three months, they're going to have to go back out and play. Like, I mean, you look at the Heat and the Lakers. The Heat and the Lakers had a really difficult season, both of them, and they dealt with injuries throughout the year, and it, it suffered. Neither of those teams won a playoff series this year. And you look at, you know, this year, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case, but for me, the Western Conference is is wide open. I don't necessarily think the Rockets are in that, in that uh, fold, but I do think that the West is going to be 
very different this upcoming season. I really am looking forward more to the West than the East. But at the same time, I do think the Rockets, while they may not necessarily be contenders in the West, I do think they will provide some exciting games. And I don't think you're going to see them mail it in every night. That's not uh, Steven, Steven Silas did not come to Houston to do that. And I don't think he has enough like pride to be able to do that. Or, uh, pride's not necessarily the right answer. I don't think he's, I don't think he's dumb enough to let that happen. I'll say that. Yeah. I think it's a dumb thing to do. If you're trying to play games to lose, that's dumb. Because at the same time, the lottery is what decides who gets the number one pick, not your wins and losses. I agree. So and, uh, another thing win, is you play to win the, the game. For the direction of the NBA, you know, with all these star talents, I'm scared that by the end of the, by the finals and by late playoffs, we're going to be seeing these random teams who are just not even like luck, but just it's not the most talented teams. It's the healthiest teams at the end of the year. And that's what I'm kind of worried about when you have all these old superstars, you know, joining team after team. And it's like I would love to see fully healthy Nets versus a fully healthy Lakers team. You know, I would love to see that for two years in a row. But it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. With so all the rockets? It's just, I don't know. The future of the NBA, <laughs> just being in the hands of health, it's just, it's it. you never know what's going to happen, you know? Well, James, I hate to, I, I know it may, it may look like that uh, at the end of the day. It may look like that's how the league is, but that's how the league's always been. And maybe to an extent, that's how it's, you know, it's been highlighted like that, especially this season. But at the end of the day, I mean, the Suns and the Bucks were... To, I, I do agree. Like the Nets probably would have beaten the Bucks had they been healthy, so it would have been. I, I, but I don't think the Suns would have. I think the Suns make it regardless. Still, yeah. maybe the net the Nuggets give them trouble, but the fact that the Suns swept the Nuggets leads me to believe that they would have still won regardless. And I think so. We would have gotten Suns Nets, and I do think the Nets would have won. And at this point. It's it, look. There's so much that goes into the season. It, it is, uh, and health is a big factor of it because you got to be healthy in order to play the games, and in order to play the games, you got to have um, you got to have the right guys out there. So there is a lot of luck involved with all of that. And in a, in a perfect world, yes, you know, people wouldn't be getting injured. Injuries are the worst thing about sports, to be honest. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like you you can, you only you can only play the cards that you're dealt, and that's why that's why these. Um, that's why these training staffs are so important because you got to make sure that your guys are recovering. But at the same time, these bodies just simply were not used to after so much time off. It was a, it was a jip in their routine. And so that's why I think we saw a lot of injuries happen, especially very late into the season when teams were playing so many games in such a small amount of time after so much time off with the pandemic canceling, you know, five or putting five weeks into the season or five months into the, into the off season between when the pandemic hit versus when the bubble started or about four, four or five months. I forget now. It's been so long. Think about it. It's been over a year since the bubble started. I know. It's crazy to think about. And everybody brings about like the heat or the bubble team. I think the Lakers that year were honestly the bubble team, you know, just hearing they beat the bubble team. What's up? They beat the bubble team. They beat the Heat at the end of the day. Exactly. But also, people forget about the Lakers just practicing all together in L.A. The whole the whole lockdown, you know, that chemistry, that that's real on the basketball court. You know, those practices they spent together in, in uh, at their mansions just flipping 
each gym to each gym, you know, those practices to me meant a lot. And that didn't get talked about, talked about enough to me. Yeah. I, I think, look, there's so, like I said, there's so much that goes into what goes on the court and it's, and it's more than just health. It's more than just practicing during the season. It's, it's the practice in the off season as well. It's, there's so many factors that especially that, but it is kind of frustrating when you do see teams like Brooklyn that like me, like, the Lakers that kind of just, you know, they, they, they sign their two guys and then they're automatically a contender. And that's also part of the game that, that could maybe use a bit of an edit, at least speaking from our perspective, the Rockets where, you know, it took, you know, shrewd trades and good development of players in order to get to where we've been for us to be as good as we've been for as long as we've been. Um, And that's kind of, I think what, gives us a little bit more pride. Like, obviously, I haven't been a fan of a team like in L.A. or in New York where we kind of just buy our way into the championship. Mm-hmm. But to see this team now, our Rockets, from where they're at, to see them as, as rookies, it, it, there is a bit of pride there. There is a bit of passion there that you don't necessarily get in a team like like L.A. or New York or, or Brooklyn where they kind of just, you know, sprouted out of nowhere. It's it's a different team, and Brooklyn's a different case because I think Brooklyn was developing uh, something really good before they kind of just said, you know, screw it, we'll just get Kyrie and Katie instead. Um, but with the Lakers, they they basically went from nobody to LeBron and Anthony Davis in two years, and like, and and I'm sure the Lakers, like, I don't want to tell anyone how to support their team or who to support, but I do feel pride that the Rockets are starting from scratch. And we get to see this team grow together. I think there's there is a little bit of an extra specialness to that team, and that's that's the team we have right now. Like, there's so much exciting people that are new to this team that are going to be great. That's why there's so much optimism. I'll say this: we have had more listeners in the off season than we've had in the regular season because there's just much more to get excited about instead of loot loss after loss after loss. Like right now we're winning. We haven't lost in three months. <laughs> so it's uh like honestly, I mean we have not taken a loss this whole offseason. So I know this is the first summer league where I'm like patiently just waiting and waiting and waiting. I haven't felt like another summer league since I've seen like Chandler Parsons playing in it, you know? Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's exciting. It's a whole different feel. But yeah, when you have like a special like a Steph or a Lillard or somebody who just stayed with their organization and who grew that chemistry and grew that love with the city, you know, you can't, you can't buy that. And uh, that's the direction I want to see the Rockets go, you know, start with our foundation, be patient with our guys, you know, and uh, yeah, I wish you much, nothing but the best. I wish you nothing but the best. I think, thanks for having me on here and uh, I'll be listening, man. You take care. For sure, James, come back anytime. We'll keep the Thank light you. on for you. And that is not a sponsorship for what is it, Motel Six? I don't know where that came from. It just kind of, just kind of happened. But let's talk a little bit about this summer league roster, which I see uh, was released about an hour ago. So it would have, it would have gone right before we went live. So we have a list right here of twelve guys on this roster. If anyone wants to come up and talk about this with me, feel free to hit that speaker request button, and we can get up here and have a nice conversation. But Basically, the summer league roster, I think, can be divided into three three parts. It's the the veterans, the rook, the the draft picks, and the miscellaneous. So 
Uh, we'll get the miscellaneous guys out of the way. Uh, we'll start off with Trey Phils from Yale. I believe he is related to Bobby Phils, who was an ex-NBA player who unfortunately passed away uh, during his career, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So he has G League experience, Trey Phils. He played for the Greensboro Swarm last season. Is that the case? I'm trying to pull up his stats here while I'm talking. So it's a little little difficult to do two things at once, but he's averaging four points a game in in his G League career. Uh, So not a whole lot to really go about here. I don't know if he's really in the Rockets' plans after Summer League, but it'll be interesting to see if he gets gets playing time, I guess. Uh, Then obviously Jalen Tate, who is, yes, related to Jay Sean Tate. I think it's funny how they have kind of the the Jalen and Jay Sean Tate. It's like they had a they had a child almost. But uh, nothing much to really say about Jalen Tate. I mean, he is, uh, you know, he's the brother of Jay Sean. So if he plays like Jay Sean Tate, you know, we'd love to have that. But I, they've only invited him to summer league. I don't know if they've get really offered much else. So I wouldn't expect too much out of him. But We'll, we'll see. We'll see how he works in Summer League. Then there's Marcus Foster. He last played in Turkey, so he does have overseas experience, which maybe helps in this regard. So he was undrafted in 2018. He's played in, he played in Israel, he's played in Greece, he's played in Turkey, and he's played in Lebanon, and he's played in Korea. And he's from... Uh, he's from the area. He went to Creighton. Uh, he went to Creighton to end his career. He also went to Kansas State. He's from Wichita Falls area. So that is, uh, that's, I guess it's, it's in North Texas. Okay, fair enough. Um, so he's, he's from Texas. So we can, we can celebrate that fact about him. But yeah, he's, um, he's a guy that he's played in, he's played across the world, done that. He's getting a chance here. He's played in, uh, 2019 Summer League with the Magic, 2018 Summer League with the Kings, obviously no Summer League last year, so he's a simple, um, you know, Summer League invitee guy that is looking to finally get one chance that sticks. Hopefully this works out for him. And then other than that, that's really it for the miscellaneous guys, the guys that we can kind of just throw out of the way. Um, then we look at the veterans. We'll talk about the veterans here. Uh, we have KJ Martin who is a second year player. And I think that, you know, we'll see what KJ brings. I think he's going to get a lot of minutes. I think he's going to play a lot. Obviously he got starters minutes at the end of last season, expecting similar things there. There's not a whole lot to me that KJ has to prove. Maybe I'd like to see him develop more of his three point shot. We started to see a little bit of that towards the end of last season. I think that's kind of his, that's one I'm, the one thing I'm looking for from KJ is let's see how well his three-point shot is developed. We know he's athletic. We know he is able to you know move up and down the court. We know his shot-blocking abilities. Let's see that three-point shot fall. If that three-point shot continues to grow, we have a really good player on our hands. And then obviously Armani Brooks. He has the qualifying offer from the Rockets right now, but there is no uh, there is no spot on the roster for him currently we'll see it he's he's proving himself right here he has to prove himself on this team in order to maybe get that second two-way spot maybe 
force another guy off the roster. I do think if Armani Brooks plays well enough, he could push a guy like a DJ Augustine or a Daniel House off the roster because you simply have to make space for this guy and you can't just rely on a two-way contract for him. And then you also have Kyrie Thomas, who does have a spot on this roster. The team chose Kyrie over uh, over Armani Brooks. Kyrie Thomas ended the season injured. I remember a couple games before the end of the season, he had a gruesome injury. So it looks like he's healthy now. Uh, he's listed on the roster. I don't think he would be listed on the roster if he wasn't healthy. But I do think Kyrie Thomas has a lot to prove. Because maybe maybe they look at Armani Brooks and they say, okay, um, maybe this is who we replace you with. Maybe it's Kyrie Thomas. So that's certainly something to keep an eye on. Anthony Lamb. That's really all I got to say about Anthony Lamb. I mean, I feel like what we, we've seen everything from Anthony Lamb that we could have. He also has the qualifying offer. He'll probably be like a training camp invitee, same as Armani Brooks. But at this point, like, I feel like with Anthony Lamb, his time has kind of run its course. And then we have the rookies. We have our four rookies. All four of them are on the roster. Jalen Green. We have Alperin Shangun, Usman Garuba. Josh Christopher. So if anyone wants to come up and talk about these four rookies, feel free to hit that speaker request button. I'd love to have someone to go back and forth with here. And yeah, but as, as long as nobody is coming on up, that's all good. I'll, I'll keep it going. So Jalen green is a guy I'm really nervous. Um, I'm really nervous about Jalen green um, because I just don't want him to get injured. That's like the one concern that I have. Just don't get injured. If you don't get injured, it's a successful summer league for me. I feel like Jalen Green has stuff to prove, but I, I'd rather him prove that when the games actually matter. So Sean has hit his speaker request button. I'm going to let him come on up. Sean, welcome to the Dream Take, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good. Just getting ready for a trip. Oh, where are you going? Where are you going? Uh, we're going up north. Uh to a little town on the way to Dallas. I don't oh, even really know the real, name. Man. We just got on an Airbnb. I thought you were going to say like Puerto Vallarta or something. But if you're going, if you're going to some small town up in uh, like North Texas, I'm good. Maybe you're going to Wichita yeah. Falls to visit uh, our, our buddy Marcus Foster. I, I'm, I'm trying to show my wife the Perseid meteor showers. She's always wanted to see those. <laughs> so awesome. well, somewhere well, dark and secluded. Anyway, but, feel um, free to talk whatever you want to talk. I just wanted to say, uh, you know, everyone's talking about Jalen Green and obviously number two pick. That's amazing. But I really think like Shangoon might end up like he, he could make a run for rookie of the year, possibly. I mean, the dude was like an MVP of like the fourth biggest or four, fourth best league in the world. You know, some people are saying so. I mean, I just I think that people are kind of sleeping on him a little bit. And uh, that, that's basically all I came up to say is. You know, I think he's he's going to do a lot better than I think a lot of people think. I think with but the thing is, like, it's summer league. He can he can produce a couple nice highlights and all, but at the end of the day, it's just summer league. Like that to me, it's it's nice, it's cute, it's a participation trophy though. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. What matters is him playing when the games count. And I would hate for him to you know tear his ACL. And have this whole first season washed. Nothing that's going to happen. And and all of these players run that risk. 
but with Jalen Green in particular, when we have invested so much in him already, and he hasn't even played a single minute of Rockets basketball, that to me is, is like, I remember a couple years ago when, I think it was two years ago, when Zion got hurt in his first summer league game. Like, that's yeah. what you don't want to see. That's just what you don't want to see. And so I feel like with Jalen Green, there's not much the Rockets can get. I mean, you, you do have him building chemistry with KJ, with Josh Christopher, with Shangun, with Garuba and all that. And that's important. But at the same time, they don't need to overdo it. Jalen Green does not need to be playing more than, in my opinion, 25 minutes uh, at all. Like, I feel like 20 minutes he's even pushing it a little bit. I think get him some minutes, get him... Get him adjusted with Shangun and Garuba, possibly. I feel like with Josh Christopher, he he already has that chemistry with him, but and, and get him get him acclimated with KJ Martin, of course. But you don't need too much time in order for that to happen. But you know he's going to want to show up for this first game. He's oh, going to, of course, of course, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, against Detroit, against Detroit. I mean, we play oh, Cleveland, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Cleveland yeah, first. Yeah. It's funny oh, okay. how they. I mean, I, I doubt it's a coincidence that they put the four uh, regular season summer league games against the four teams that were also in the top five. I don't think that's a coincidence at all. Uh, and all of these games are on national TV. So the Rockets are I mean, definitely— I got them all recorded. <laughs> yeah, the Rockets are definitely going to be one of the brightest attractions at summer league. And Jalen Green is especially one of them. So, um, But at the same time, that doesn't, that's not what matters here. The summer league is not the end goal. It would be nice, a summer league championship, never never going to complain about a championship, but at the same time, I'd rather have a an NBA championship than a summer league championship. Yeah, uh, but moving on with uh, Josh Christopher, I want to talk about the guards and we'll talk about the bigs, um, but with Josh Christopher, I do think that he actually has the most to prove in all of, in all of this summer league because the way Josh Christopher is right now is he's buried in the depth chart. He's got John Wall ahead of him. He's got DJ Augustine ahead of him, and he is not going to play a whole lot this year. I think I think that's pretty safe to say. But if Josh Christopher can go into summer league, ball out, and basically force the Rockets' hand and be like, "You got to get me some minutes somehow," that might force yeah. them to say, "Okay, maybe maybe we do find a way to move on from DJ Augustine to get." Uh, those minutes for Josh Christopher, or maybe we do maybe try to look into a buyout for John Wall. I don't think it's going to happen. I do think it's still a lot of money, but I mean, if Josh Christopher proves that he's worth that money, because that's basically the thing is you're paying this money to John Wall to buy him out for Josh Christopher to play, or you're paying this, or, or you're trying to get off of DJ Augustine's contract so that you free up minutes for, uh, Josh Christopher here. So that to me is why Josh Christopher has the most to prove in this whole summer league for the Rockets. At least out of the rookies. He's, yeah. he's going for playing time and he's going, I'd be shocked if Josh Christopher wasn't in the starting lineup. I, I really don't see a world in which he doesn't end up as the starting point guard. I think the starting five that they're likely going to incorporate something along the lines of Christopher, Jalen Green, Armani Brooks, then you go with like Shangun and maybe Ky- I mean maybe Anthony Lamb or Kyrie. T- I don't like. I do think those four guys have to start. And the only reason I don't say Usman Garuba as your starting four is because he's playing. He's he's played in the Olympics. There 
is I don't necessarily think he's going to play right away. He's probably getting no. I don't even think he's late. over here yet, is he? I don't even think he's over here to be honest. Um, I know that there's their Olympic run ended a few days ago at the hands of the United States, but I don't know exactly what Garuba's timetable is for summer league. If he's able to play in summer league, great. But also at the same time, if it's if the pros outweigh or if the the cons outweigh the pros, no need to play Garuba. Um, but yeah. I, I like ideally if if we're taking this roster and we take all of the ancillary stuff out of it, I'd probably go Christopher, Jalen Green at the two, Armani Brooks or KJ Martin at the three, Garuba at the four, Shingun at the five. That could be the starting lineup at some point during the regular season, honestly, if Kevin yeah. Porter's injured. So I, I could totally see that as like your potential starting five. And I do think that those guys should get uh some run, but I guess lastly was Shangun. Shangun is there because he has to. This is a very good opportunity for him to build this chemistry with Jalen Green, because I do think those two guys can be some kind of, uh, yeah. some kind of you know pick and roll duo, some kind of yeah. uh, you know pairing that it starts now. This is how it starts. That's our offense going into the future. Exactly, exactly, and at least for for now. Before before they bring in more talent coming into next season, so that is super key for them, and I'm looking forward to it. Shengun's probably the one person outside of Josh Christopher that I'm most excited about watching in summer league. Uh, I think yeah, Jalen for, sure. for me, obviously, I'm excited about Jalen Green, but I, I personally think like I wouldn't like if Jalen Green didn't play in summer league, you're not going to hear a complaint from me. Uh, I mean, so, we're getting you know look at look at the track record of these uh dudes coming over from Europe i mean like mvp 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 so exactly that's why you know he's already won the mvp over there pretty and exciting we picked translates. him up at like 16 yeah let's see how that translates uh and yeah. the last player on this list is matthew hurt the team offered him a two-way contract uh right out of the draft uh he is from the university he's from duke university so he's got that track record uh he is i believe a three-point specialist He's so, exciting. Yeah, he's got like forty four percent, I think, from three. That's very ideal, and and that's another guy that's going to be kind of because I mean, if you have Matthew Hurt and he's already on the roster, then yeah. if he is doing what Armani Brooks is doing, basically, then mm-hmm. you really lose the need for a guy like Armani Brooks. So he doesn't have to prove himself by earning a roster spot, but Matthew Hurt is going to try to force his way onto the roster and to get some minutes somehow. So this yeah. is his first opportunity to do that. I'm really excited to see what he has to offer. I'm, he's the one guy that I'm curious about because I know he's going to get some run. I know he's going to get some playing time, but I haven't seen a whole lot of him. And it's because and they've done a good job picking up people like that, that other people haven't picked up on, you know, exactly. So. He's like six, nine, I think. So he's, a, he's a big boy. Perfect. Perfect. That's exactly what we need here in Houston. So yeah. I, honestly, this team has a lot of upside. Obviously, th- this is why we're covering every summer league game because every summer league game is going to teach us something new about this team. So uh, feel free to come back to us after Sunday's game, and we'll be talking about the inaugural game of summer league for the Rockets. Oh, uh, man, Tom, I can't wait. Uh, I don't want to keep you too long. I know you got a trip to go. Yep. Enjoy your trip with your wife. Tell her uh, I send her my best. I send you my best, and uh, hope to see you soon, my friend. All right, man. You have a good one. Yep, absolutely. And that was Sean. I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship for now. We'll be back on Sunday after the first game of Summer League with a uh, new episode of The Dream Take presented by The Dream Shake. Home of all things, Houston Rockets over at SBNation.com. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at The Dream Take. 
and at DreamShakeSBN. And if you'd like to, you can follow my personal Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. And we'll be here next week throughout all of Summer League. We'll do our post-game recaps like we usually do during the season. We'll be diving deep into these games. I believe the first game is Sunday night. I believe it's a 6.30 p.m. start. You can head to thedreamshake.com. We wrote about it uh, last week. And uh, check out that. Check out all things Houston Rockets over there. Really excited. I hope that this episode, if you take away one thing from this episode, there's a whole lot to be excited about uh, in in Red Nation right now. So definitely, definitely try to pay attention to Summer League. It's been a while since uh, we've really needed to pay attention to Summer League a whole lot. But if you're going to pay attention to one Summer League, or if you're just an NBA fan that's looking for a team to follow during Summer League, the Rockets are the team you're looking for. So really excited to be on this ride with all of you guys. Thank you so much to our live audience here on Spotify Green Room. Y'all are amazing as always. Thank you to Sean. Thank you to James. And thank you to DJ Stevo for coming up and talking with me, being my co-pilot for this episode. And we'll be seeing you guys on Sunday. Until next time, go Rockets!